G'day, everyone, and welcome to Arrow Slingers, episode nine. Well, big news. Um, there's only two sleeps to go. That's the main news. Uh, that's so good. Can't wait. It's been a big build-up. Um, supposed to be coming to you from Victoria, but we're not. We're here in Coffs Harbour, beautiful Coffs Harbour. Um, it's a lovely place. Um, yeah, so there's no afternoon session for the Worlds on the first night. Um, the afternoon sessions will get to us at about 11pm at night. But with no afternoon session, that still means there's two sleeps. I haven't got any tomorrow night. It'll be Thursday morning. So two sleeps and then we're on. Um, yeah, massive news. I think we spoke about it last episode, um, the potential of Gordon Mathers being next in line to participate. Unfortunately, Juan Francisco Rodriguez has tested positive to COVID. Um, we wish him well. He was he won the Southwest Europe qualifier. I think he's from Spain. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, he can't compete. Uh, sad news for him. And as I said, we wish him well in his recovery. But Gordon Mathers is in. Um, Gordon Mathers was only one win away from competing anyway. Um, there was three spaces left for the last lot of qualifiers, and he made it to the last three games that were playing off for a spot, and he lost that one 6-2. So he's now in, which is awesome. Sorry, he lost that 7-3 seven, seven, to like called Nick Kenny. Um, Mathers is a 40-year-old from Brisbane. Um, this year, he's made the commitment to head over and compete full-time on the PDC, playing week in, week out at the most, mainly the Players' Championships. There's not much else that he qualifies for yet because he's just working his way up the rankings. So he's currently 108 in the world, but that's only going to go up. I've watched a fair few of his games over the last week, and he's got a very, very nice throw. I like his throw. It's simple. It's... um. Look, if you have a look at Ray Smith's as well, it's very similar. There's not much drawback with the arm. It just sits in front of the eye in line with the target, and then you throw the dart. It's not that simple for most of us, but they make it look simple with that. So um, he's going to face Jason Heaver, who's number 98 in the world. So that's a good a good um, draw to get, I think. I think he's going to – I think he'll win that one, no worries. So um, he's in the quarter that's got – uh, Danny Noppet, I think he'll play Danny Noppet straight up if he wins in round two. And he's in the same quarter as Ryan Searle, Peter Wright, and Damon Hedder. So that's a good good quarter to be in. Um, there's a fair few good players in it, but Peter Wright's your gun gun player in that quarter at the moment. Um, Damon Hedder's playing unbelievable, unbelievably well, which if you want to have a look at to see how well Mathers is throwing, there is a game on YouTube, um, Mathers versus Hedda, and Hedda averaged a huge amount, 105, something like that, and um, took care of good old Gordon. GG is his nickname, GG Mathers. Um, but Gordon still played really well through straight and looked really good, but um, Hedda was just too good in that one. It's Players Championship 27, I think. So that's a good video to have a look at to see both those two Aussie guys, if you haven't seen much of those two. Battle it out and um, see how they go. I think he'll be due for a big jump up the rankings next year, Gordon Mathers, what I was thinking um, the other day when I was looking at all the Aussies over there and potentially who's going to make a jump up. Um, so this is a nice head start for him to get a start on that. If he can have a big, a good run and get past his first uh, 
first half, Jason Heaver, I think he's a good chance against Danny Noppet, who I do like, but I just think um, big chance matters of beating Noppet, especially when it's a shorter format. So, and then, yeah, after that, I think he may run into Ryan Searle round three, maybe four. Um, but Ryan Searle's a gun player as well, but they're all beatable. So he's a good chance to make a good run and get himself right up the rankings and then continue on from there and get his year off to the perfect start. So oh, that's great news for Gordon, GG. Um, can't wait. So now we have five Aussies in there. you got Ben Robb from New Zealand, big rig Ben, ben Robb. Who we're backing as well and having a good a good look at. So basically six players that we're really following before we even start looking at our favourites outside of Australia. So plenty to watch, plenty to watch. Keep an eye on it, guys. Um, a couple of small tournaments played over here in Australia. There was the Redland Queensland Christmas Classic up here in Queensland, played on the 8th of December. And um, James Bailey has won 5-3 over Robbie King in the final. That's how good Queensland darts is going. So you haven't got... Um, Kai and Ray here at the moment competing in that because they're over getting ready to play the Worlds. And there's still two names like that battling it out. Um, so, yeah, James Bailey, 5-3 over Robbie King. So, they're uh, Robbie King and James Bailey, I think, have both played at the Worlds and consistently are on playing at the World Series events. So, Queensland Arts is kicking goals. Um, and a lady named Lorraine Byrne, who I haven't seen anything of yet, has taken out the ladies. Um, the Darts Victoria also had their junior titles. Um, they had a 25 and under and then just a junior. The 25 and under was taken out by Jackson Vickers, who I'm pretty sure is a pretty prominent name in all the underage tournaments that Victoria play and is starting to work his way right up in the open age Victoria stuff. So no surprise there that he won. Um, and the winner of the junior one, Broadford legend Seth Kilroy, he is just killing it. He is going to be a gun player when he's older, only 16 or 15 years of age, I think, and um, he's taken out the junior title, so that's fantastic stuff. Um, We're going to try and get him on to have a bit of a chat about that. It was a pretty simple format for that day. It was just a round robin, um, and then the top two play off in the final. So I couldn't get a hold of any more stats than that, but... um, Hopefully, we'll be able to sort that out and any more big tournaments moving forward, we'll hopefully be able to bring in all the stats that we can and who's performed well and all those sort of things, but not this one, unfortunately. Um, so, we'll move right on to the Worlds now. We've got all the other stuff out of the way. The format for the Worlds is pretty simple stuff. The top 32 seeded players are straight through to round two. Um, set play for the whole tournament. Each set is a best of five. Round one and two, I'm pretty sure, are best of three. And then it goes up and up from there, um, leading to semifinals or a best of six. Uh, first to six, sorry. Um, so I don't know what that is, best of 11. And then the final is first to seven sets. So that is a marathon, absolute marathon. If it goes seven, six in the final, set yourself up for a couple of hour-long game of darts. And what better? What better way to spend your day than watching a couple of hours of two guys going at it, throwing darts at a dartboard? I mean, pretty exciting stuff. Well, it is for me. I don't know about you guys. Um, so what I do need to do, which I haven't done yet, do some predictions. Before I do that, we'll have a look at what's happening on day one. 
So day one, Nitin Kumar versus Ricky Evans is going to be a bit of a belter. Um, he can throw a dart, Kumar. Uh, he's an Indian, Indian fella. And um, yeah, just got a very smooth throw. He holds it very low in front of his face. I think it's, it's down almost in front of his lips almost. But um, it's very smooth. And with Ricky Evans' throw being that quick, if he's not on Ricky Evans, it's very hard for him to get to get back on. I've spoken about it before and how important that is. Um, I just don't see him turning it around. If he turns up and he's throwing well, Ricky Evans, then it's all good. But um, I don't know if he's going to take care of Kumar here. I think Nitin Kumar is going to be a good chance. Um, Gerwin Price is up on the first night. But um, that'll be interesting to see how Gerwin's going. But definitely the highlight, 100%, Adrian Lewis versus Matt Campbell. Um, Adrian Lewis is a two-time world champ, and he's not seeded. So, and the winner plays Gary Anderson. So that is just next level out of this world good. Um, Matt Campbell, we've seen in the Grand Slam. He didn't win any of his group games, but he did play particularly well in some of them. So... I think he'll be he'll give Adrian Lewis a bit of a run for his money. That could be one of the biggest upsets you'll see on a darts dart stage, even though Adrian Lewis isn't seated, but he is quite a good player. Um, it's the third worlds for Matt Campbell, the man out of Canada. Canada. Um, he's never won, never made it out of the first round though, but he can play. Um, yeah, so I think if I have to tip, I think Adrian Lewis gets it done, Gerwin gets through, and probably I reckon Nitin Kumar might take out Ricky Evans. Um, so I'm not going to be on again until Saturday. So Gary Anderson you can have a look at on Friday morning. Um, Lisa Ashton's up there, up then as well. And then on, I think it's Friday night or Saturday morning, maybe Saturday morning, um, you'll get a look at Peter Wright and Paul Lim. So that'll be awesome to have a watch of Paul Lim. Um, obviously, Peter Wright's a highlight, but Paul Lim's just fantastic. 26 or something world championship appearances. So I can't wait to see him play. Um, it's always a highlight just to watch him. The crowd get behind him. They're just as behind him as they will be Fallon Cherick, which is another interesting scenario because there's been a few stories about um, Steve Beaton getting ready for the booze, but I Honestly, can't imagine Steve Beaton getting booed. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I don't reckon he will. I think it'll just be the crowd loving a game of darts. So, and hopefully that's the case because if there's someone that doesn't deserve to be booed in this world, it's Steve Beaton, the legend he is. Um, so I need to do my predictions. I've been avoiding this and avoiding this because I just can't pick it at the moment. I don't want to have to pick it, but. We're going to do it anyway. So I'll just run through some topics. Nine data. I think Peter Wright will hit a nine data this tournament and don't count out Gary Anderson. <clears throat> Gary Anderson turns up at every Worlds ready to win. So he will be on and his throw is suitable for nine data. He's just got his darts set up in the board so perfectly. Nothing ever blocks it. So if he gets in the top on the top wire, 180s follow. And he can hit back-to-back 180s, no worries. And we've all seen him take out that 141 before. 
So I think Gary will do it. And Peter Wright, his grouping at the moment, when he's on, is magnificent. So if there's another guy that can, he's definitely in the frame to hit a nine data, it's Peter Wright. So Peter Wright, Gary Anderson, my tips to hit a nine data. Highest average for the tournaments. I'm going to go with Michael Van Gerwen. He, in parts, is ready to explode and he's making his way back to his very, very best form. I'm going to say it'll be about 117, 118 average. It'll be early on and he'll just turn it on and win one of his games three, one of his early games 3 0 and blow it out the water, which is just going to be fun to watch. 170s, there's going to be 10 plus. You don't pick one person to hit a 170 now. They're all doing it. I said Kai Smith did it in the um, Oceanic Masters. Ray Smith will hit one. Simon Whitlock's the king of the 170s. Don't be surprised if you see multiple ones from the Aussie guys. I think Damon Hedder hit a few massive outs at the Players' Championships of 164 and some big ones like that. So there's going to be a lot of 170s hit. Um, I'm going to do... For now, I'm going to keep changing it as the tournament goes on because that's what happens because every time I pick someone, it just doesn't work out. So the semifinals, I think semifinal one, I'm trying to take my Aussie hat off for this one um, purely because otherwise they'd all just be Australians and some people would look at me and say, there's no way that's going to happen. There's no way Simon Whitlock will win it. There's no way... Ray Smith's going to make the semi-final, and there's no way Damon Head is going to beat Peter Wright easy. Like, so trying to keep it non-Aussie biased. Um, so yeah, semi-finals. I think the first one, Johnny Clayton versus Dimitri Vandenberg. Dimitri Vandenberg's probably the best player outside the Aussies in that quarter. Obviously, James Wade's there, and you never know what Wade is going to do. But I just think Dimitri Vandenberg gets past James Wade. Um, which is potential to push Dimitri Vandenberg right up the rankings. He may overtake James Wade in a couple of weeks' time, I reckon. Um, and Johnny Clayton, I think he's playing well. It's been his year. Obviously, Gerwin's in that quarter. Fallon Cherick's in that quarter as well. So if she gets on a run, she's dangerous. Uh, Michael Smith is in that quarter. So there's a lot of good names in that quarter, but um, I think Johnny Clayton's playing the best of them. But that's such a tough call to make because Gerwin Price is Gerwin Price and players like him turn up for what basically is his tournament at the moment. It's pretty much his to lose, but I just think Johnny will get it done. He's beaten him a couple of times now. I've said that before. He's gotten over whatever it is that it was beforehand when he couldn't do it. So, yeah, Johnny Clayton, Dimitri Vandenberg. The other side, um, yeah, once again, taking off the Aussie hat, because I think Damon Head is going to give Peter Wright a huge run for his money in what will be a round four clash. And I think Peter Wright from that quarter will get up. So that quarter, yeah, that's got um, Danny Noppert. It has Nathan Aspinall, Jose D'Souza all in that quarter. But Peter Wright's just playing the best darts in the world right now, I feel. So I think he will be in the semi and from the other quarter which is a tough quarter, the quarter of death I'm calling with Raymond Bernanabelle, Adrian Lewis, Gary Anderson, Michael Van Gerwen, MVG will get through to that quarter, from that quarter. He's just too good of a player to not. And I think 
back when he was absolutely dominating. He was heartbroken in 2016 when he didn't win it. He won everything all year and ended up getting knocked out by Barney, I think, in the last 16. So, And he felt like his year was ruined because he didn't win the Worlds. Um, the next year, he won it, won everything all year again, 2017, ended up winning the Worlds, but the pressure on him was immense because he just wins everything, but the Worlds are what's important. So I think you would, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes through and wins the whole thing because the roles are now reversed. He hasn't won everything all year, and he can come along now and say to Gerwin, Gerwin Price and Johnny Clayton, hey, it's been your year, but I'm going to win the Worlds, and that makes me the best player in the world. So don't be surprised if you see that. Um, so, yeah, Michael Van Gerwen versus Peter Wright in the other semifinal. The winner for the whole thing. I'm going to go with Snakebite Peter Wright. Um I just feel like his throwing at the moment is the best in the world. His grouping from what I've been watching at the Players' Championships, Grand Slam, except for the final, really, he was just next level. He's putting three darts closer together than I've ever, that I can place them on the board. Like if he's throwing at the triple 20 and he's hitting at a 180, there's room for about 15 more darts in the, in the bed, which is just ridiculous. I don't know if he uses it as a guide or if he just aims at the one spot and just throws it in there, but his grouping is magnificent. And as I said, I think it was last week about his throw. There's just so little for him to aim at. He doesn't change from the 20s often, only when he needs to, which is very rare. Um, he goes to double 16, and that's about it. There's not many targets for him to aim at. So I think, um, yeah, Peter Wright is my tip to win the Worlds this year. You heard it here. Um, it's a very half-assed call because I think Michael Van Gerwen, Gerwen Price, who I haven't even tipped to make the semi, is a huge chance. Gary turns up to every tournament. Um, there's five Aussie boys and a Kiwi that I like that um, can easily get pretty bloody far. So, And is it time we saw a female win it? Is it Fallon's time? Like she's made a few big... Big tournaments, big runs at big tournaments. So you never know. And her throw, she can hit 180s back to back. She can average 110. She showed that in, at the Grand Slam that she can average that for quite a while. And if you're doing that, you blow your opponent out the park, then you've won. Um, so a bit of a, some more silly ones now. Not silly, but not as surprised, like not as interesting, we'll call it. Though they might be interesting to you. Um, the highest seed out in second round. So as all the seeded players go straight through to round two. So the highest seed out in second round, I think it will be Danny Noppet. Once again, that is my Aussie biased hat. I think that um, Gordon Mathers will jump on this opportunity and he's going to knock out Danny Noppet. Um, without my Aussie bias hat on, I'll go with um, Darren Gurney. I think he's got a tough match coming up, whether it's Kumar or Evans. Um, he, he might struggle with that one, and he hasn't been in great form, Daryl, and he hasn't played in a couple of the bigger tournaments that have just gone by. All right, so unseeded player to make it the furthest. So Fallon will run into Gerwin Price pretty early on. I don't see her getting past that one. She might. She might surprise me, but I don't see her getting past that one. Initially, I had Ray Smith written down because I think he is going to easily account for his round one game against uh, Jamie Hughes. He'll get past Devin Peterson. 
um, and he'll keep going from there. But I'm trying to take, once again, my Aussie bias hat off. I think Willie O'Connor has a smooth run. So I think he's going to make, he's going to be the furthest, make it the furthest out of the unseeded players. Um, a lot of the seeded players are in too good a form for too many of them to be going out. Um, most 180s, I think Peter Wright, as I keep saying, his grouping is ridiculous at the moment. So he's easily going to hit the most 180s. The only thing that will let him down is if he doesn't play long enough. If he wins all his matches too quickly, he's not going to have enough legs to throw 180s. Um, Jose de Souza is always up in that conversation. Simon Whitlock holds the record for the most in the Grand Slam. He hit 20 in a race to 16 against Michael Van Gerwen. So Simon Whitlock can hit a 180. Um, Michael Smith and Dave Chisholm are always up there. So there's quite a few names, but Peter Ron will take that out. Um, and the biggest surprise packet, I've mentioned his name already. I think it's going to be Big Rig Ben Robb from New Zealand. I don't know if many people over there have heard of him. They haven't heard of many. Like they know Ray Smith because they've seen him with some big performances on the um, World Series. They all watch the Players' Championship matches, so they know Gordon Mathers. They won't know much about Kai Smith. They'll know a fair bit about quite a few of the other play, other players. But, yeah, Kai Smith and Ben Robb are going to be your big surprise packets. I know I said I'm trying to take my Aussie bias hat off, but those two are gun players that they're not going to be well-known. Um, so they will be the biggest surprise packets. So now I want to just help you guys out a bit here with some commentator rubbish. They come up with some strange phrases, sayings, whatever you want to call them. So for all you guys that don't watch a lot of darts and are going to tune in with me to watch as much as we can this year because we're making darts great again, we're going to go through some of the gibberish that the commentators come out with and I'm going to try and explain to you what it is. The first one's not gibberish. It's a nine darter. So a nine darter is pretty simple. It's the quickest you can throw, the quickest you can score the 501 points required by finishing on a double. There's a... I think there's like over a thousand combinations to finish a nine data, but um, it's basically perfection. It's basically like, I don't know, taking a hat trick in cricket or bowling a 300 game in uh, 10 pin bowling, things like that. Um, hitting a grand slam in baseball, you know, uh, a couple of triple, a triple double in basketball, all those sort of things. Like it's, it's perfection. Every dart in that leg has to be perfect to get yourself from 501 to zero in nine darts. So that's what a nine darter is. Um, showstopper. They generally call a showstopper one of the great finishes to a leg. So to finish a leg, you've got to finish on a double. So you've got to score whatever points are left on the outer ring. Um, so the showstoppers, I call them anything 141 plus or maybe a 132, 135, um, 126 is also a pretty pretty good finish it's just any of the showboat finishes um that are pretty awesome personally i'm a 135 man i love that finish um now you're going to hear wayne martel use the term brahma he uses a fair bit and it's just gibberish it's absolute rubbish um that just means a great game it's an absolute beaut of a game it might be a bit of a dog fight sort of game but it's close or it could be he uses it when they're both throwing amazing and calls it a brahma so that's what a Brahma is. It's just a good game. Um, the big fish, it's the highest peg you can get, 170. So if anyone's ever taken out a 170, well done to you because it's it's awesome. 
it's triple 20, triple 20 bullseye, which counts as a double. So the big fish is 170 finish. And you're going to see a lot of them. And they're awesome. The crowd, once they see that second triple 20 go in, they go, oh, real loud again. And then they go nuts when the bullseye hits. All right. Um, Gezi. Gezi is Gerwin Price. They, for some reason, start calling him by his full nickname. And that's what that's what Gezi is. It's Gerwin Price. Um, board management. I've heard them use this term, with, term a fair bit now. Board management is sort of any miscounts that may happen or aiming at block trebles when you can't see it but you still go for it or blocking a double and then sticking with that double instead of changing to another one and having to move all over the hockey to get to it. Um, that's what a ball management sort of is. Missing a big number is pretty simple. So you've got each number has a triple, a double, and two single beds. The triple is the inner sort of the inner circle-ish, not the bullseye, but the inner circle that goes around that's really small. Inside that, there's the small beds that are a big number. Then you've got the big number bed and then a double. Missing the big number just means, say, for instance, you want 52 to finish, you're going 12 for tops, and you miss the big 12, single 12. That's what missing a big number is. So hopefully that helps. I'll keep an eye out, and any more that come through that we're unsure of, we will discuss and talk about. Because I need you guys to know what's happening and see what's happening. Because the excitement, all this excitement that's been building up since we started this podcast a couple of months ago, just before the Grand Slam, this is what it's led to. It's led to the Worlds, and that's what we're here for. I can't wait. Um, I'm going to catch as much of it as I can. I'm going to catch all of it. I'm not going to miss any. Let's be realistic. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard work staying awake that long all the time with a newborn baby as well. Um, Hopefully... It all goes to plan, though. Um, hopefully, I get myself to Victoria. There's a lot, lot of other stuff happening in the works right now. We're trying to get um, a few guests lined up, but it's just been a bit tricky. With I'm now stuck in another state and can't get anywhere. My internet's pretty poo here, um, but there is a lot to talk about coming up. Um, the DPA have just brought out their calendar. Next episode is going to be on Saturday, just before some of the Aussie boys come out to play. Um, because that's what we're, we're here for the Worlds, but we're also here to support our Aussie guys. So, yeah, we'll do an episode Saturday before they all kick off. And I want to talk about the potential Premier League lineup. I've seen a few things about what could happen there. Um, and a couple of other topics to get through here, yeah, the P, the DPA calendar, what's happening with that. So that'll be exciting. Um, once again, the Aussie boys, five of us now. Aussie Darts is killing it. There is so many good players still over here in Australia that aren't even over there. So hopefully we get a few of them make it right through and um, just destroy it. I think that's just about all the time we got, guys. So we'll chat Saturday, guys. Uh, Don't miss me too much. Enjoy the darts. Um, message me if you think anything is outstanding or there's anything you need to talk about that happens. Um, but just get involved. Enjoy it. Like this is the darting mecca. This is what happens at the end of the year, every year, every Christmas. 
when there's no other sport happening except a bit of boring ashes because England and poo. Um, we can watch the darts. Can't wait to talk, talk then and get excited for the Aussie boys. Peace out.